0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards. And I'm joined here at the beautiful, illustrious Damascus Media Studio with a guest co host today, Mr. Joseph Schleider. Joseph, welcome to the show.
1: It's so good to be here. Illustrious is a great word for what is happening in this place.
0: You know, illustrious is a word that has so many connotations. It's good, it's <laughs> I love good. It. It's um, fantastic. Friends, uh, thank you for joining for Beyond Damascus. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the entire global EWTN Catholic Radio network. I don't know if that was exactly true, but uh, entire is a is this word that is left up to interpretation, right? Just right. like illustrious there's many meanings <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna kick off in prayer <laughs> how about that, that fantastic joseph why don't you pray us in nita
1: absolutely in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen. amen jesus we thank you so much yeah for Lord. you thank you jesus god above all else we just thank you for you for the great gift that you are for who you are and we thank you for um amidst a crazy world god that you are just doing so much good amen that there's so much thank that you Lord. have in store for us and that you keep leading us closer to your heart, God. We just pray for the show. We pray for all that you have in store here and for the ways that you want to use the show, our words, this time uh, to glorify your name.
0: Yeah, Jesus, inspire our listeners. I pray that you'd plant a seed today through the words and the stories and the testimonies that uh, that we share and explore. God, that you would inspire us to create, that you'd inspire us to respond to your word. God, give us a new appreciation for your gospel, for the message of of truth, and for the way that you want to reveal that in and through us. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining for today's show. I'm so excited. You know, the show's called Beyond Damascus, and as you may or may not know, I work here, and Dan, my my typical co-host, works here at Damascus in central Ohio, Joseph's actually one of the staff members here on staff with us as well, and our work is daily committed to awakening, empowering, and equipping a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith through amazing world-class programs and an environment of encounter. And the story of Damascus is the story of St. Paul, right? You know it, you've heard it, and uh, St. Paul, when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life was changed forever. and. He experienced an an invitation, both through awakening to be launched into mission. So it was uh, it was awakening, it was encounter, and it was mission together. And that's that's the story of the show, right? This is the show where we where we understand the fact that encounter meets and leads to mission. Joseph, how are you doing today?
1: I am so excited! It's been an incredible day full of lots of fun
0: and goodness. It's been an incredible day. So, friends, uh, you know. I don't know when you're going to listen to this show or, or or whether this will be live or whether this will be a rerun at some point in the future. But either way, it's going to bless your life. Joseph and I just finished um, – or almost finished with three days of recording the very yes. first studio album coming out of Damascus Worship here it's super at Damascus. So uh, you will either be looking forward to this. For the next month, or you will be jumping on Spotify and looking for it right now, depending on when you're listening to the show. Or
1: having already listened to it like 40 times and just excited to hear it. Or again. maybe
0: you can just turn off the show and <laughs> open up the album right now. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that. You can listen to this first. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, anyway, it's it's been a, it's been an incredible incredible couple days, hasn't it, Joseph? I have had so much fun. It's been crazy because it's just been like a new a new experience for us. You know, I've I've been to the studio a few times um, and recorded a few different things, but having it. Here at Damascus, and then like doing not just like a song, but fitting ten songs in, um, and even just the the work leading up to it of preparing it and writing the parts out and getting everything situated. It's just been it's been honestly probably the coolest project I've ever worked on in my entire life. Yeah, I, I agree. La- last <laughs> night, um,
0: well, Joseph, why don't you share the experience we had last night with our with our missionaries? Last night was well, we'll we'll, we'll hijack the start of the show. And yeah, just we're just gonna go for it. So <laughs> so
1: one of the things is is we wanted to um, really give um, an accurate representation of just what we feel the Lord is doing here at Damascus. Yeah. And a lot of that isn't just, you know, talented musicians or leaders, but really it's the heart of the people who just want to worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to just capture that. And, uh, and there's, there's just so much of that happening here. So we decided to um, record uh, like a crowd take where the crowd, we'd have like people bring in as a crowd and they would be singing the songs too and we'd record that. So we would have that into the uh, final production. So um, the, whole, the whole process was just incredible because we had a few different ideas going into as to how this would work. Initially starting with recording four people at a time, which would have taken us, Days. Beyond a day, <laughs> yes. Um, and then we, we decided to kind of okay, what if we could do eight people at a time using this method? And we like, okay, we can do that, which still would have taken a really long time. And uh finally we're like, okay, we need to figure out a way to just record everyone at once and shoot all this down in one take. Um and uh our resident, some of our resident tech man, one of them, Cameron Clutter, came up with an idea um to to try it. So you split – basically split our system and make magic happen by getting every single – all the 24 people, each individual headphones that they could hear it going okay. into our system, which may not mean anything to you. But to, on our end, it was It was a, a technical masterpiece. Right. And, near and the, impossible. the final
0: product is going to be – it's going to blow your mind. Right. So, so it, was,
1: it was crazy of just this moment where we were trying to get everything all ready to go, and we had brought people in at like around 830 because we thought that's when we were starting. But then we had to figure out all this craziness, and it was just so beautiful. Everyone just – we're like we're waiting and everyone just started worshiping. And they're just like getting there and they're just worshiping. Um, And the whole atmosphere was just set in that moment for what the Lord was going to do in the rest of the night. Um, We worshiped for like an hour before we actually got (laughs) to recording. And then we started recording. Um, And the spirit in the place, you could just feel it. It was like you walk in the room and it was just thick with it. Like you just feel the Holy Spirit. Um, And there's just so much beauty and goodness. It felt like, it felt like heaven came and touched that place and we just got to capture it. And it's going to be on, it is going to be on the album. And it is honestly what I'm most excited for.
0: Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's a fun story. And, uh, and friends, that story wraps in actually perfectly with the theme of today's show. Um, I was reflecting in prayer this morning. I was, I was praying through the story of the conversion of St. Paul, which is coming up in our daily readings here next week. And, I was reflecting on just the, the drama of that story and how over the course of my life that story has moved me in a variety of different ways at different times. So if you are listening today and maybe you have children at home, um, I'll, I'll share just a little brief testimony of one of the most impactful experiences for me as a dad consistently is reading stories or watching movies with my kids. I, I I've always loved I've always loved literature I've always loved movies and just the communication of story and art and something profound has happened to me as I have grown and as my kids have grown in in watching and experiencing these stories with them where my emotions and my engagement with the story is so heightened hmm. because it's like uh, it's like I'm experiencing it through their lens and their lens wow. isn't jaded by life experience, right? Their their fourth wall hasn't been broken yet, and they they just enter into these stories in such a way that their hearts are moved. And we're, we, uh, my third grader and my sixth grader, we're reading a, a a book series right now, and it's so it's so fun to read with them and to see how their lives are actually so. Intertwined with the lives of these characters that mm. were that we're reading about. That's so cool. And as I was I was I was praying through this this morning, and I was reminded of um, one of my most profound experiences in college. I was I studied theology at Ohio Dominican here in Columbus. Woo-woo. And hey. uh, my, my one of my favorite classes that that I had in all of my studies at Ohio Dominican was with Dr. Leo Madden. It was on the New Testament letters, and. Uh, Shout out to Dr. Madden. I love you. Uh, the experience that I had in scripture study in my in my theology major was was one of um, varying levels of intensity, right? Some days I would think why on earth would anybody want to read the scripture with such a mind toward like scholasticism hmm. because uh, it was like it was just like picking apart something that you love and finding all of the <laughs> all of the issues and right. all of the warts and all of the gross stuff that you're like, Oh my gosh, this isn't even attractive to me anymore. <laughs> and I remember walking, I, I actually, I had the thought at one point in studying theology and studying, studying scripture, particularly at uh, at Ohio Dominican that I was like, man, you're either going to walk into this major and you're going to leave an atheist or you're going to leave in love with Jesus. <laughs> and I don't think there's a middle ground. Like it's this is polarizing. Wow. And uh, anyway, so to make a long story short, my, my, the final class that we had in, in, that, in that course was Dr. Madden came in, we, we began the class kind of going through the same uh, system that we always had of interpreting Scripture and understanding it in terms of its historical context, and, and then he, he kind of closed his notes, and he looked at us, and I just saw this, this emotion come over him, and like his eyes started to glisten, and uh, as, a, as a student in the classroom— I I was very intrigued, and uh, Dr. Madden began what was one of the most heartfelt and moving and honestly, for me, personally impactful moments in my entire education career, right? He he began to speak about how the stories of Scripture aren't so much summed up in the words that we read, but in the fact that men and women throughout history have— dedicated their lives toward the pursuit of something amazing, and not just that, but making that amazing encounter available to you. Like, can you imagine laboring your entire life so that someone might have thousands of years in the future, the same encounter with the person of Jesus that you did, and putting your life on the line? And ultimately, for many of these men and women suffering death, on account of the, the stand that they'd taken. And I, Dr. Madden stood up there in front of our class, and he spoke about James and John and Luke and Paul. And as he was speaking, he just began to weep. In, and, and it was so clear to me, abundantly clear to me, that this man was, had, had this personal, loving relationship with the authors of Scripture in a way that I could only hope to attain to in my life. Mm. And it became, it became real to me in that moment that true art, that true responsiveness to God's call on our life isn't just saying words, right? Joseph, it's not just us producing a music album right. here, but it's us it's us realizing that we have a call on our life to actually communicate the story, to tell yes. the story in such a way that someone else's life
1: might be transformed. Right. No, that's amazing. And just to see see that play out before our eyes like yeah. with the story of what Jesus is doing here at Damascus and just like being a part of that story and seeing how, like how that is going to touch future generations. It's just been incredible. So, so on today's show listeners, I hope
0: that, I hope that you're excited. I hope that you're being moved and engaged even, even already. But my hope today is that we would come to a place where, Evangelization wouldn't be something that we'd stop at we, we, we that we wouldn't respond to the call because we don't feel equipped right each and every one of you is equipped each and every one of you has the capacity to tell your story yeah and uh we're going to be going over the the fact that true creativity lies in in the fact that that we have a story to tell and our guest today you're going to be blown away by his story we're going to be welcoming um Nick Del Torre today to the show yes. and after after just a brief break here in a moment um, you'll meet him and his testimony is one that's going to shake you up and hopefully one that will inspire uh, you know a powerful encounter with the Lord. So thank you for joining us. This show is Beyond Damascus where encounter meets mission and we will be right back after the break.
1: There will come a day when each
0: The EWTN home video highlight for May is the story of Father John Sullivan. A Protestant born into a life of privilege, he left everything to follow God's call to become a Catholic priest and serve the poor and afflicted. And the faithful were blessed with countless miracles. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or call 1-800-854-6316. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus. Thanks for joining us. Beyond Damascus is a co-production, once again, of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio network. Thanks for joining on today's show. I'm joined here in studio at the beautiful, illustrious there it is. <laughs> Damascus Media Studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Joseph Schleter. And... uh Joseph, why don't you go ahead and we'll welcome on today's guest.
1: Absolutely. I'm super duper awesomely excited to bring in. I haven't said when, super when you, duper. When since. you pull out super
0: duper, things get real. <laughs> I don't think hard. I've said this
1: since I was six. So that's weird. Okay. Um, today's the day. Today's the day. Super <laughs> duper excited to bring in our, our guest today. He's someone that I've known since um, moving to, when I first moved to Toledo, um, and uh, he was the first like worship leader that i ever really met um i've my, my dad's like worship and i've heard that before that's that awesome i didn't know that story that's yeah great. so nick the, well i guess the guest his name is nick just yeah! be a little teaser <laughs> um before i officially welcome him nick was the first when we moved to Toledo. the first thing we came to was actually a praise and worship event that nick was leading for wow. um and uh i was just blown away i remember calling my grandma of all people afterwards <laughs> And I, cause I just need to talk to somebody about, like, I just encountered God so much through the worship that night in a way I never had before. Um, and he also he also played a song that we still play to this day. Some of you who have come to Damascus may know the song After All Holy, yeah. which just sings holy over and over again. It's pretty sweet. That I heard that song that night for the first time. And it was epic. Um, but uh, if you know me, you know that worship is just a huge part of my life right now. Um, and a lot of that started when I first like encountered real worship, which was through Nick. And now I've worked with him a few times with my last couple of songs. Um, and we're so excited that he's been able to be with us these last couple of days, um, helping to produce, record, direct all the fun things for Damascus worship's very first album. So we are so excited and welcome us and join Join us in welcoming yeah. Nick Delatore to the studio. Nick, how are you doing today? Thanks, oh man. man. Both
2: of you, way too much of a setup. We need to set the bar That's a little up, lower. Right? Great. He also has an incredible
1: radio voice, as you can hear. Yes. And uh, he and his wife run a non-profit ministry called Awaken Catholic, which I'm sure he'll be able to talk to more. But Nick's an incredible man of God, and we're so excited to have you on the show.
2: It's uh, a sheer joy and pleasure to be here with you Amen. guys. Amen. Praise truly, the Lord. truly. You guys yeah. have an amazing community here. It's it's been such a joy, uh, and honestly, like in it's it's kind of weird because the reason for me to be here and, and recording you guys yeah. while you encounter God has really been a profound experience of encounter with wow. God myself. <laughs> that's from awesome. behind the record button, it's just kind of a, an interesting dynamic that's at play. I mean, last night you, you mentioned earlier in the show um, the the recording session last night with the crowd, yeah. and um, when we were capturing the missionaries worshiping and stuff, and like you talked about that hour long. Uh, time That while we were setting up the equipment, they were already entering into this powerful moment of <laughs> worship. worship. Yeah. I literally, as we were getting things plugged in and setting uh-huh. up, I was drawn in to the heart of God, hearing them worship to such an extent that I started to cry. <laughs> and I true. don't generally feel. So that was that was a very I don't feel normal thing. That's so cool. But that's I mean, there's such an authentic uh, spirit of of love and worship of God here on this campus and, and in this community, and it's really something to admire and, and and strive for
0: in myself. So I really love that about you guys. Amen. You. Praise the Lord. You bet awesome. uh, it's been a joy. I can affirm the fact that Nick was distracted last night by prayer. <laughs> I had to shout his name a couple times. Uh, what just what a beautiful experience! So thank you for being on today's show. Um, My pleasure. Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission, and as I was talking with Nick today, it just you know it was it was so apparent that that he would be a perfect guest to share because his story is one that uh, has had many ups and downs and a lot of twists and turns, and um, and now he is doing amazing work of actually communicating the gospel in a way that is creative. In a way that's impactful, mm-hmm. and in a way that challenges the status quo. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, if if you're tuning in to today's show, and you yourself, or maybe someone you know, has a personality that um, maybe doesn't fit into the standard expectation for what Catholic Church ministry should be like, um, tune in, perk up your ears a little bit because <laughs> Nick's got Nick's got some uh, a great witness, a great testimony to share, and hopefully his work. Might inspire you to start thinking differently about your own call that 's the hope, yeah Nick well you i mean let's let's start let's start it off strong How did you encounter jesus Oof. well, give us, give I, us the, give I, us the, preview. the so there is the obvious answer to that question, which
2: is what you're looking for, but i love to, to kind of <laughs> i love to push back by saying to people when on on January eleventh 1988 when I was baptized as a baby. Uh, the that Lord. was my first encounter yes. with Jesus. That's always the correct in the answer. Trinity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, was, do I have any recollection of that? Was I aware of what was happening? No, but it happened. Yeah. Um, I uh, grew up as a cradle Catholic uh, in a family that loved me, and there was a lot of love in the family. No family is perfect. We had our, our many different ways of having our our brokenness and dysfunction. Um, after fourth grade, my parents uh, separated and um, you know, my siblings and I grew up in two different households with two different kind of views on life. And we, you know, each household was still labeled as Catholic and just a kind of a confusing environment to, to try to develop the way that you see the world. And, um, you know, throughout high school, as I was pursuing, uh, different women, I, you know, ended up visiting with different denominations yep. and, um, I kind of got exposed. To the world that way uh, all at once, because actually, until high school, I'd gone to Catholic schooling all the way through eighth grade, and then all of a sudden, I went to a public high school and found out not everybody's Catholic. Um, surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Um, and then, uh, so all throughout high school, I'd kind of been gradually identifying less and less with Catholicism, uh, just because I, I really was discovering that there are other ways to see things or understand things uh, wrong, none th- you know, but nonetheless, there are, they are there. And, um, so after high school, I ended up moving down to Miami, Florida to make it easier to make bad choices. And um, <laughs> while I was there, I, I was offered an opportunity to uh, to sing in uh, the choir for this Church that I understand now to be a Unitarian Universalist church. Hey there. What um, mean? Under under the guise of a, of a very nice name, Unity on the Bay. Um, yeah, that is very attractive. Well, like, it is like why? Who wouldn't want Unity on the Bay? Um, so you know, while I was there, and I had already had the experience in high school of discovering the different denominations, and I, I struggled to see how there was any validity in Christian truth when nobody had the same view of what truth was, and they were all basing it on the same book. Um, and, and you know what high schoolers thinking. About that, but I was, <laughs> and um, and then so I went to this Unitarian Universalist church where literally their whole uh, mode of operation was to encourage their members to literally develop their own religion, their own truth um to the extent that they offered in the bookstore like resources that gave information about all the different major world religions and philosophies in inviting them to like create their own concoctions and That's that was like crazy. the last straw for me i was like you know what none of this is true this is all bogus um and so i basically became an agnostic flirting with atheism and uh it was you know, I ended up moving back to Ohio eventually because I was in love with the woman who I now call my wife. And and she yeah. is, in fact, my wife. She isn't. I just I don't just call her that. <laughs> call her that. <laughs> That's good. Um, that would be weird. It would be. <laughs> probably be acceptable. And be universalist. It, you know what? <laughs> I mean, the other it might day be. Would be like, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so. Anyways, I moved back to Ohio. I started attending uh, church with her and her parents. They were attending a non-denominational church. They were uh, Protestant Protestants. Uh, and, but I was, I was basically going just to appease them. And, and in my time there, um, I was there for probably something like five to seven months. Mm-hmm. And in my time there, I was exposed week after week to the different sermons and the messages. And I feel like over that time... Christ was kind of chipping away at my hardened heart a little bit, Um, and then there was this one sermon where the pastor uh, played a video that kind of um, showed somebody going to the edge, uh, to the brink of like uh, suffering and darkness, and to the point of like, you know, should I continue to live? Um, And I related with every moment of that uh, of that video that they played because. That was me, you know, in in particular, like through high school and afterwards in my time in Miami, like I just there were so many moments of desolation and like questioning, like, should I just kind of call it in, you know, Uh, should I should I end things and um, I just felt such loneliness and aimlessness and. When at the end of the video, it culminates in Jesus Christ kind of pulling a Chuck Norris uh, through a crowd of demons, and uh, and and going in there to rescue her in in this moment of of utter despair. And I just and after all of those months of Christ kind of chipping away at my heart and softening it, uh, when I saw this and I saw the the extent to which Jesus would go to to rescue somebody, I wanted. That I knew yeah. in that moment that I needed rescuing, and there was no alternative. It was either that I allow myself to be humbled and and be rescued, or it ends. Yeah, wow. and um, so I, th- I even at that point though, I my intellectual side, I quickly came back to the the challenges with, um, with the you know the the struggle of reconciling like okay, but if there's truth, you know, how does this kind of make sense with, um. The questions that I had, and like the the lack of uniformity in teaching and, and understanding uh, in in the different churches, and you know, the one place I wasn't going for an answer was the Catholic Church because I had kind of written that off um, since my childhood. Hmm. Well, eventually, I was sitting in a geology class in college, and we got partnered. You know, I was really excited when the teacher announced we were going to get partnered with people because I was like, "Oh, there's so many pretty girls in the room. I might get partnered with a pretty girl." No, I got partnered with you know some guy, and. <laughs> um, and he, wasn't, he wasn't even pretty. He wasn't. He was. <laughs> no, it, I, I still see him occasionally. You're, you're a very handsome young man. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, we're working together, and I noticed his pen. I don't know if you guys, like if writing utensils ever stand out to you. Um, I couldn't Ooh. care less about writing utensils. But Always. for some reason, the Holy Spirit drew my eyes to this man's pen. No pun intended. And, you know, yeah. Dr. Oh, nice. It, very nice. Yeah. Um, and I so it. I was like, hey, what's that pen about? And it said Creed on campus. He's like, oh, that's the Catholic group on campus campus. You should totally come to one of our events. And and I was like, oh, uh, no, thank you. But let's keep working. And he's like, no, seriously, you should come. We're going to be talking about sex. And I was like, oh, what time does it start? Um, So it ended up being that Christopher West was on campus the next night and um, presenting on Theology of the Body. So I attended and I heard people talking about the human person and the the destiny of the human person and the dignity and value of and and like the why wow. you know not it goes beyond the what the why and and i just was hearing these things for the first time and one of the things that really uh, struck me was when you talked about uh, how all Christian denominations as recently as 100 years ago had always seen the uh, use of artificial contraception as being intrinsically evil, but then since 100 years ago, at this point, the only Christian church that still stands firm with that teaching is the Catholic Church. Yep. And he explained that the reason for that, and I, and I honestly, the teaching on artificial contraception at this point was of no interest to me. I was like pretty bummed out about it, But but it was more the principle about... The, the The fact that the church's teachings have never changed will never change, and the reasons for that yeah. the church's uh, teaching authority and um, hmm. and that I, w- I was struck by that because until the Protestant Reformation, which I never understood this before, there basically was one Christian family there were obviously at all points in history outliers and people that challenged the authority, but there was mm-hmm. one family right. and one school of thought on like what truth was, where the authority to declare truth was, and all of a sudden. Faith seemed like a viable option again. Wow. Yeah, a so, pen. all because of a stupid <laughs> pen. And so, if you're a part of any organizations that are considering budget budgetary resources for writing utensils with your branding, <laughs> do the pen. Do the pen, because <laughs> um, you could save someone's life. Um, yeah, and and so basically, like three months after that, I was teaching a confirmation class because I just was immediately head over heels. I was head over heels with the church and with Christ. And so now, um, and what's funny is I was able to dive into teaching the faith so quickly because there was so much... uh, grace and knowledge that I would built up over my years at Catholic schooling and stuff, yeah. and, and the sacraments that I had, uh, <laughs> the sacraments that yeah. I had received over my life. That there, there was so much grace there, just waiting to just explode Amen. when exactly. I was willing to embrace it. And as soon as I did, I opened the floodgates and just that's exploded. Such a, that's such
0: a great image. I think a lot of times, uh, even uh, you know, our listeners that for for any of you who may have had a conversion to the faith into adulthood, I think oftentimes we have this perspective of the fact that like, oh man, I just wasted, you know, I wasted my entire youth. And no, you didn't, right? Your youth was building foundations. They may have been below the surface, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, as, as we invest in Catholic education, as we invest in resources for our families and, you know, continue taking those kids to mass who say they don't want to be there, you know, force them to go, force them to go to CCD, right? Force them to learn the content of their faith. Every morning, every morning when we wake up, my my sons and daughters love my son. I only have one son. <laughs> my children uh, love to uh, love to like jump on the iPad and just you know zone out when they get up in the morning. So I let them, but I force them to read scripture. Right? So Diggory, my my third grader, uh, he's read he reads more scripture than I do. Wow! Because he, he stands up or he he gets up in the morning and he turns on his Bible app. And he just has it read to him for, and he'll sit there in the chair for 45 minutes That's to an amazing. hour. That's incredible. <laughs>
1: well, even just like how, I mean, all these things are building our foundation. Going yeah, back yeah. to what you're talking about, it's it's part of our story. Amen. Yeah. Right? Like it all comes back to like what kind of stories are is our life telling? And and you with these experiences, Nick, that you've had in your life, like that's all part of your story. That now you're able yeah. to speak to people and speak to situations that you wouldn't have been able to if so if the Lord hadn't have led you through that. And Absolutely. So like every person's story is just so significant.
2: Yeah. Well, and just recently, my wife and I were running a parish mission uh, in Indiana, and um, this. This woman came up. I gave, uh, we both gave our witnesses as a, to, to kind of kick things off in the mission. And the woman comes up to us on after the first night and she says, this changed my life. Wow. And all we did was yeah. tell our story. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. but, but as we kind of dove deeper with her, we find out like she has been in those pits of despair, yeah. the same things that a lot of the similar feelings that I was experiencing for different reasons, different scenarios, but like the experience of darkness and loneliness and despair and aimlessness and not knowing like, why am I even here? She was there, and just our willingness to be transparent and honest about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the the where it leads is the redemption, yes. right? And the fact that it go- does happen, and and that I found that and encountered Christ in such a transformative way, and I'm able to articulate that like it leads other people into the heart of Christ yeah. because they everybody's hungry for for redemption. Everybody's hungry for life, yeah.
0: and we walk around like you
2: know living in death. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And uh, so the the video that was kind of that spark toward conversion sure. for you, um, it you know we have a we have a name for that here. It's we we call it drama ministry. And mm. uh, at Catholic Youth Summer Camp and at all of our retreats and conferences here at Damascus, that's a that's a core component of how we communicate the gospel. Right. And it is it's it's extraordinary. You know, some kids will come in and they won't care about the music. They won't care about the games they won't care about the dramas but the moment that you that you deliver a gospel message on stage it's like that was that was it yep. Absolutely. that was the moment where everything fell together others couldn't care less about what you say and they don't they don't care what what everything looks like but it's the music that speaks to them right and for somebody else it's 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 not the music or it's not the talk but it's but it's that moment of seeing drama or even comedy portrayed on stage in a way that lifts our hearts to heaven it's it's you know the the uh the battle is is now like we, we are in we are in the mission territory we're in right. mission field in the mission field and the stakes are incredibly high and we can't afford to let any tool in our arsenal go unused amen in this process amen. and uh, you know th- I guess that could be intimidating like oh crap I've got to work really hard for this but it you know here's another way to look at it maybe that's an invitation to you that God's given you an opportunity. To use the things that come naturally to you, yeah. to use the things that feel right to you, to actually effectively communicate the gospel.
2: And I think that so many people, um, in particular in our like American Catholic culture, we've gone so many decades, kind of like by, in terms of a larger majority, um, kind of deaf to the Holy Spirit. Yep, and if we like the Holy Spirit is never not trying to communicate with us, but we are just kind of tuning out (laughs) and we've developed over the decades, a culture that is just, we just tune it out and that's just the standard, the the status quo. And um, as soon as though you open that, that door of communication uh, or that line of communication, like everything can change this whole thing. Like Joseph mentioned, the nonprofit that my wife and I started, Awaken Catholic um, about, almost exactly a year ago, uh, until about a year ago, I worked for the Diocese of Toledo. I was running the Office of Marriage and Family Life for Bishop Thomas, who I know is a board member of uh, Damascus. Um, He's amazing, uh, and he was an amazing man to work for. But um, we, my wife and I, uh, especially because of our time not being Catholic, we got really accustomed to a culture of allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to us and stuff. And so that kind of carried into our Catholicism. And uh, it just became super, super clear to us in, uh, what was it? March, mid March of last year yep. that God was calling us to put everything on the line mm. and leave the Diocese of Toledo. As much as I loved that work, again, like theology of the body and marriage and the dignity of the human person, those are all things that literally saved my life. And that's what I was doing full time, right? Yeah, God said, okay, you're about to pivot. Yeah, And so I walked into the the office of my uh, supervisor the next morning and I told him and he was like, all right, let's do this. That's that's awesome. And so um, we put everything on the line and it's like, if we hadn't done that, like the woman that we ministered to in Indiana recently, like even the work that we're doing here at Damascus right now to produce this worship album, like so many things would not have happened. Other things would have happened, but these things would not have happened that God had in store. And all we have to do is ask and be willing to hear the answer and pursue it and trust
0: it. Well right. I, and as Joseph and I have been scheming the last couple of days, this is another moment of pivot in your life. Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> When the Lord's calling you to leave
1: bowling green behind and come, oh and come to Damascus. To Damascus. Well, which is so cool. I think I mean That's I think all, all three of us here along with so many others have just experienced so much goodness that comes when you sacrifice unto the Lord. Amen. Like when yeah. you put something that's on your heart that you love, like um you with your job and then doing this awakening Catholic thing. Me like with uh, college opportunities or whatever, Aaron and just like your life and deciding to like really like, okay, Damascus is what I'm now gonna like pour into. Yeah. Like um you just put something on the altar and you just allow the Lord to bless it. And it takes sacrifice, but the Lord just always honors right. that and does so much with it. And you
2: don't always see how everything is going to work out yeah, right away? Like even, you don't. We're a year into this process, and we still like are trying to build our our donor base and and figure out how we're going to fund things. But like like we, so it isn't like it's not scary. It is scary. Yep. Sure. But you have to
0: trust God through that process. Yep. You absolutely have to. Amen. That's so good. Well, why don't you walk us through the transition then of of you know from from conversion from entering into the PSR program. Toward how it is that God's actually called you to live out mission now. What is Awaken Catholic? Tell us about what you're doing. And sure,
2: absolutely. So, Awaken Catholic. So, in in my journey, um, I I kind of shared what happened in my heart and and how I felt like when I became open to Christ, like healing me and and allowing Him to do that. Um, which, by the way, I won't go into the the gross details, but I just had this. Epic. When that conversion happened, I had an incredibly epic uh, confession, the sacrament of confession, and like years and years of just grossness. The priest put his hand over my head and he said, "Through the ministry of the church and and in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I absolve you of your sins. Uh, Go forth and sin no more." And And I I could just feel myself (laughs) almost like floating. It was a physical sensation, and so much healing happened in that moment. But, anyways, like I just felt like I woke up. Yep. I felt like I woke up from years of of slumber and and really death, but slumber and um and so when I woke up and all of that latent grace was able to just kind of flourish and and explode in me and in my life, um, that was so for me it was everything. And I want to bring that. I want to create mechanisms through which I can. Uh, invite other people into a similar experience. other people that have gone years sitting in the pews every Sunday or maybe some Sundays and yep. and just have no idea what they have because it's inside of them slumbering or, or trapped right. in, a, in a little box. And like I just want to invite other people to awaken in their Catholicism. And, and even for non-catholics, like I, I, when I see uh, in a Protestant to a Catholic conversion, I see that more as an awakening to a fuller faith, yeah. right? Rather than leaving something behind, it's it's a deeper awakening. And so yeah. uh, it applies there too. And so the, our mission is to create, uh, you know, so much of our world right now is online. Like the work that you guys are doing with Damascus is incredible here on campus, but you're also doing so much to minister digitally, which is such an incredible thing, especially, you know, in the midst of the pandemic and stuff that you can do all of that. Yep. Um, but you know, so right now, um, the, some of the mission, there are two different trajectories for uh, our our uh, work. One is that we put on parish missions and events like that. Um, and then the other trajectory is our online media. So we launched Awaken Catholic with five different shows, um, hosted by five different incredible uh So so, two of the shows are hosted by individuals, and then the other three shows are hosted by married couples. And they are just amazing, the feedback we've gotten about the shows. And we're doing all of it really high production value um, because, you know, I think that if we want to attract people that are not already, like, drinking the Kool-Aid, like, we have to make the faith look appealing. If if the truth isn't appealing or beautiful, rather – it, the, the truth is beautiful. Jesus is the truth, the right. capital T, and Jesus is beautiful. And and if if the truth is less than beautiful, then we're not really presenting the fullness of truth. Amen. So nice. I love what you guys are doing here with your production value and all of the different things you guys do, you do with excellence. And that's kind of a similar thing that we aim to do with Awaken is to do everything with excellence so that we're, we're re- removing as much as possible yep. uh, roadblocks or um Things that would get in the way, like, you know, listening to a podcast that doesn't actually sound good with audio quality. Mm. Like, no one's going to do that. Like, so why not make it a podcast that sounds amazing or or a video that looks amazing and and encourage people to want to watch it? So, um, yeah, our parish missions and even the parish missions, like, you know, a lot of people that do parish missions, they'll just go somewhere and stand at the ambo or or stand on the altar and talk. We like, we make it a a full production. We bring lighting and backdrops and like, we try to make it an experience that. sets it apart so that people realize when they're attending it, like, this is different than what I'm used to because what people are used to, again, it's not the fullness of faith. Like, (laughs) so we're trying to like invite them into a different type of experience so that they might see like, I might need to take another look at Catholicism the way that I did. Yeah,
0: we have a little motto here at Damascus that the church isn't boring, it's just filled with boring Catholics. Yes, I I love that. (laughs) I say
2: something similar
0: all the time. So don't be one.
1: We say to the kids, that's like during our opening session at CYC, we're like, guys, here, I have a secret for you. We're like... The Catholic Church isn't boring. Like, what? Like, there's actually just a lot of boring Catholics. All these kids are like, what? Yep. Just like, yeah. Just like,
2: I gave a talk at a, a conference in North Carolina last year in April, <laughs> and I literally ended the talk by saying almost exactly that. <laughs> That'd
1: be boring. Yeah. <laughs> the, the faith is so, there's so much goodness to it. There's so much you can live out. And there's yeah. so much, like, we get to live the beauty, the goodness, and the truth of the Catholic faith. And that's the most attractive thing in the world.
2: Absolutely. You know,
1: and then we can just show the world that, then. Like, hearts hearts and lives are changed in touch. I'm sure you have some cool testimonies of that. Oh,
2: too. 100%. And, and I think that one of the, the biggest, like, hurdles that we have to face in the ministry side of things is, like— it's for too long we've kind of used the fact that we have the sacraments as a crutch. Amen. Like people will come back. We have communion. People will come back. We have infant baptism. People will come back. They want to get married and they'll get married in our church. Well, less and l- that's becoming less and less true. Like yep. we are losing people in droves. People are in fact not coming back to get married. People are in fact choosing to not get their children baptized yep. as Catholics. And yep. um we can't rely on that and it they weren't meant to be used that way. The sacraments Amen. were not meant to be used as a, a hook and lure. They're meant to be profound yeah. encounters with the divine yeah. and we're not using it that way. So yep. um that's, that's we so have great. to pivot. We that's have so to pivot.
0: Great. Yeah. And uh and Joseph, I mean the work that we're the work that we're doing here at Damascus is a great testament to that. There are a lot of Catholic camps that are camps that happen to have mass. Right? right? Yeah. Or a camp that happens to have Uh, confession and that's not what makes great ministry like that's not what that's not what creates a compelling atmosphere right
1: you know it's 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 what where you meet them where they're at Mm -hmm. and like i mean that you were talking about different aaron you were talking about the ways different people have encountered jesus or sometimes it's through a drama sometimes it's through the worship sometimes it's through our activities we we hear that so oftentimes that like because we just want everything to be all about jesus here so the way we run high ropes um, has to do, like, brings them to Jesus, the way we run our giant swing. That is or awesome. Our paintball. Like, all of them, like, we have activations that, like, bring it right to the faith. And we hear at the end of the week, so many testimonies about how kids, oftentimes, their big encounter moment was at paintball or at one of these activities and stuff. Yeah. And it's so cool because that then always, um, it brings more beauty to the sacrament because they can see it for what it is. Yep. So we hear so often that like, like when kids find out that, oftentimes kids find out we have mass every day at camp and they, they hear that and <laughs> right. like, they get <laughs> so like, are you for real? Like that's yeah. not so bad. But by the end of the week, it becomes one of the things they're most excited for. And our closing masses on Friday mm-hmm. are always just so insanely, like there's just encounter and there's, yeah. there's power. We hear parents yeah. talking about it and it's all like, and the parents are like, what, my kid likes mass. Like, what right. is this? And it wasn't because we were like telling them mass, 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 mass. We're introducing them to the beauty of Jesus through these things. And when you know who Jesus is, when you see him, yeah. then the mass just becomes all that more compelling and same with the sacraments, you know? The
2: other, the other dynamic at play there uh, is, is aside from production value from a technical standpoint and yeah. like an investment standpoint, authenticity is, even more important, but I, I think they need to go hand in hand. Amen. Um, and so, for example, uh, I, as, a, as a music producer and an audio engineer, I've worked on so many different projects, both secular and Christian. And when you're recording a performance, um, it, you get like one of two things. You get someone that's singing a song. Or you get someone that's praying, yep. and the uh, the prayer is is going to win ten times out of ten. And yep. you know, it's not about being Mariah Carey having the best voice in the world. It's about having an authentic expression of exactly. prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that I love about working on this album with you guys is like at every single turn. <laughs> Every single moment that I've pressed the record button, nobody <laughs> is just singing every single time, even if it's the third time we go through a, a moment of a song yeah. to try to get just the right take, immediately the person that I'm recording just in, <laughs> enters into this insane sanctuary of prayer where mm-hmm. like the world around them doesn't exist and they are encountering Jesus all mm-hmm. over again in that moment. <laughs> and I am just so blown away with, from it because uh, i've I've just not seen that in such a consistent and profound way. Any other production I've ever done, it's it's really powerful.
0: That's a blessing. Thanks you, brother. Oh, I mean uh, it. Yeah, that's what we try to live, and uh, I think it's I think it's something that separates uh, separates this ministry. Yeah, and and that's that's why kids' lives are transformed here. Amen.
2: Yeah, and so like when we when we execute on like praying the mass together, attending mass, like. You know the difference between a worship, a musical worship leader, because ultimately, really, the priest is the worship leader of a mass. But from a musical standpoint, the worship leader, uh, the difference there between them and like a quote music director, in in theory, just in terms of terminology, is the difference between prayer and 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 uh, performance. Yep. Uh, And so I. You know, you can have an incredible Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera voice, and to me that's not distracting if that person is praying. You can have uh, a Joe Schmo voice, and to me that's not a problem if the person is praying. And How can you lead musical prayer if you're not praying. And so that authenticity, and that's what we haven't seen in the church in decades, it, because we have someone, we'll, we'll hire a music director for a parish because they're an amazing organist, but that doesn't mean the same thing as leading people in prayer. <laughs>
0: right. Bring it back, Lord. Bring it together. Amen. Great. Well, um, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and, and I want to hear some testimony, Nick, of, of how lives have been transformed um, through your work, and and then we'll, we'll wrap up today's show with maybe some insights into what you can do as a family, listeners, to actually bring this message home. All right, thanks for joining us. This is Beyond Damascus, and we will be right back after the break.
2: When I begin my prayer time, I always enter into it with the expectation that God wants to teach me something, and it has to start with my willingness to share my heart with God, not just say words at Him. So whether I'm using more formal prayers or a more conversational style of prayer, I have to bring my heart and my life and my real self to God. And by having that dialogue, we're able to enter into a deeper relationship, and He's able to show me how to use all the events of my life to draw closer to Him.
0: Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson.
1: I would be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history.
0: She believed in a woman's right to choose.
1: I've had an abortion myself, so I don't have any problem with another woman making the same decision.
0: Until the day
1: she saw something that changed everything. Tiny perfect little baby. And then it was just gone. Now she's pulling back the curtain on the abortion industry. Unplanned. Available at EWTNRC.com and the EWTN
0: app. Welcome back and thank you for joining us on Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission. Once again, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel radio and EWTN and carried across the global EWTN radio network. This has been an awesome so- show so far today. And we've got guest in studio with Joseph and I. His name is Nick Delatori. And Nick, thank you for sharing your message, man. This has been a, this has been a good, a good message already. <laughs> Glory! I can't help it. It's kind of all that matters just, to me. So. <laughs> it just oozes out of you. Uh, you. So Nick has been sharing just an uh, amazing testimony of kind of how his life has been transformed and launched into mission. And uh, I love even the title of or the the name of your ministry, Awakened Catholic, is beautiful. It happens to coincide That's just perfectly. Say it fits really well with what we're doing here oh with God. the mission so, of I'm going home. <laughs> this is your new home. <laughs> and uh uh it's just it's awesome you know we 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 share a lot on the show about the impact that we're seeing about lives and families and 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 students that are transformed through the ministry here at Damascus. but I'd love to hear just a little bit as we kind of draw the show to a close today, what are some of your favorite testimonies of of people's lives that you're actually seeing impacted the fruit that's being born from awakened Catholic?
2: well, just last night uh while we were in a recording session, that's hilarious <laughs> uh, I got a message from somebody uh who Uh, must be a junior high or high school student. And they said that they attended a confirmation retreat that we had put on recently. I don't know which one. I don't know what location... Um, but they said uh, that it was an experience they will never forget and, and it was truly life-changing and like young yeah. people don't talk like that generally <laughs> you know um, and just you know again at those confirmation retreats the messages that this person would have heard would have been our testimony and why the why like when you're getting confirmed when you're when you're going through the process and preparing for confirmation yeah why why are you going to confirm why does the sacrament of confirmation matter and when you when you can pin that and to me confirmation Confirmation is actually one of the most nebulous and obnoxious conf- uh, sacraments to try to teach on because it's a little <laughs> bit confusing. Um, but when you kind of uh, hone in on what what's really happening there, it can be really life changing. And so when I got this message last night, I you know I, again I have no idea which one they attended, but I was just so moved that they would feel lead, led to send that message. And they also bought one of the shirts on our merch table that day and uh, tie dyed it in their own creative way and sent us what that looked like. It was really beautiful, yeah, that's actually. Fun. Um, Another one would be we've been doing these monthly uh, night of worship adoration nights at the Toledo Cathedral, um, which has been such a cool partnership with the cathedral and the yeah. diocese. And, and it's just been a powerful occasion where we bring our full band. We get this massive screen and we really uh, we do it in a way that uh, kind of grabs the beauty of the cathedral instead of like covering it up and making it awkward. It like. <laughs> interplays well with it. Anyways, it's it's an encounter with Jesus Christ, bottom line. And we we try to make those types of encounters which normally you only find when you attend something like Damascus or go to like a Steubenville conference or something. Yeah. And like we wanted to make that a monthly accessible thing for the community in Toledo and the Northwest Ohio area. Well, after like the second one, this girl in high school sends us a message and she says, "My mom is not really into religion and I brought her to your night of worship. It's funny. The high school student brought her mom to night of worship. And not only did she enjoy it, but like she wants to come back. And she said that it was a super powerful experience. And just like it's, you know, a lot of these uh, life changing things, it doesn't have to be that they immediately like repented of their ways and changed everything. It's like they encountered Jesus that night in a way that didn't turn them away, which I think for one thing for the Catholic church is a huge win. Yep. Um, But but also, it encouraged a continuing journey, yeah. like for her to say, "I want to come back." Like that is so important because the faith is a journey for all of us. None of us have arrived, um, and so just the to to create contexts contexts in which we are encouraging people to enter into a journey is huge.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining today and sharing your story with us. I want to wrap it all up and bring it home. So, sure. for our listeners at home, um, what what can we do? Right, art is. the is the way that we tell the story. So like Nick was saying earlier, in in your daily conversation with the Holy Spirit, you you need to ask, how is it that you're calling me to communicate the story of the gospel? There are ways that God is calling you to communicate the story of the gospel, regardless of what your assignment is in life. You've heard it before here a million times, and you'll hear it a million more, that each one of us as Christians is called into a life of full-time ministry. It's just a question of what it looks like. Right, I love that. Um, second thing, uh, I, I believe there's 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 many of us in the Catholic Church, particularly who has who have looked for good resources and have been disappointed. <laughs> right, that you've looked for that good, you know, Christian movie and you have to settle for you know for the the B league. Um, and I would encourage you to keep looking. Uh, there, there's been such a, a beautiful resurgence in quality. And and thoughtful and creative media, whether it's music or or video or even film, you know, my life was 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 radically changed. Just two years ago, in in seeing the Paul the Apostle movie um, that was that was produced recently, I, I cried for like three days. It was it was so <laughs> impactful. And uh, and there's a there's a new series on, on right now called The Chosen. That's just that's just it's really making huge waves in our young adult missionary community here at Damascus. And Nick, why don't, you, why don't you just real quick plug uh, the work that you're doing, and then we'll wrap it up. Absolutely. So uh,
2: we've got five shows on org that I want to invite you to consider checking out. There uh, is a little bit of something for everybody, and we have two other shows in the pipeline that we're developing at the moment. Uh I just, th- there's something in there for everyone. It- it's yeah. really some fantastic presenters and powerful topics. And then, secondly, if you want to bring Awaken Catholic to your parish or community for a mission or a conference, uh, just reach out to us at awakencatholic.org. Yep.
0: That's awakencatholic.org. Thanks so much, Nick, for being with us today. Yeah, um, Joseph, we're going to wrap up in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you for speaking your word of um, creativity and awakening to Nick, to his family. God, we pray blessings on their ministry. We pray blessings on every one of our listeners today, that you would inspire us with the message we've heard and allow us to live it courageously. We pray this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today on Beyond Damascus. If you like what you've heard here, continue to tune in and catch the show. I'm not sure what the schedule is on your radio network, but I'm sure that it's at least in some way predictable or you could even research it right (laughs) if you want to check us out on podcast just go to wherever you download podcasts and look up beyond damascus and whatever way you find us uh, feel free to share with friends Um, but the most important thing is continue to seek after the lord and realize that he's called you to live a life of adventure and mission thank you for joining us once again beyond damascus is a co-production of saint gabriel radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. We will catch you all next week. God bless.